Good morning. Okay. Well, you know, it's cool. There's, there's, there's about 40 people here. One time I, uh, I went to a conference, and it was an in-house conference. I think I shared this last week or the last time I talked. And uh, the power of God was flowing immeasurably more than when the room was full because God wanted to do something specifically with each one of us that was there. You get to be part of a small crowd. So God's going to do something. Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you you preceded us. I thank you you've already started working in our hearts that you've been letting your peace flow, your joy erupt. Thank you for your presence. So um, you guys can pray for me that I would speak what you need to hear. Um, I've rewritten this so many times, and each time was different. I found it very difficult to confine um, streams of thought within the context of River Riverbank. I, uh, it is so deep and so absolutely mind-boggling what God is saying in this, and it relates to everything in the Bible. So yes, I, 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 uh, I bit off a big chunk. How many people here are old enough to remember jawbreakers? <laughs> How many people stuck it in your mouth and it was like you couldn't get it out and after a while it hurt? It hurt, but you're, you know, you powered through it, you sucked off the layers and each layer was a different color and your mouth got red and it got green and it got blue. And, and, and you just worked at it, worked at it for hours. You got a sure rush. And then you got to the middle. You guys remember that? Okay, this talk is going to be like that. It's going to hurt. It's going to be sweet. But in the end, you're going to get to the, the uh, candy in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, first we got to do some... You put the jawbreaker in. You got a little bit of. Uh, you got a little bit of uh, some storytelling. In uh, there's a guy named Young. Uh, he was a scientist, and he did his double slit experiment. How many teachers are here? Any teachers? Do you remember the double slit experiment where he shot some light uh, photons through uh, uh, a barrier that had a barrier that had two slits in it? And they were very close to each other according to the wavelength of the photons that are being shot through. Where is he going with that? I'm glad you asked. So when he shot the light through this double slit, just imagine double slit, what happened in the background, this receiver thing, was something really strange. They expected to see two lines of photons coming through. But what happened was an interference pattern. If you've ever... Uh, thrown a rock into the water, you see waves go out. But if you ever throw two rocks in the water, these waves that go going out this way and these waves going out this way create an interference pattern. And you'll see double troughs and double waves. The double, the double peaks, crests, will be higher. The double troughs will be lower. And in between that, you'll see nothing. There'll be an interference pattern. What's really cool is that Somebody got the bright idea, let's just observe this with some kind of electronic device. 
and they were going to count photons or they were going to see what was going to happen um, scientifically. They put an observer on there and what happened to that is that as this double slit went like this, with an observer in behind counting photons, something completely shocking happened. The photons lined up into double slits. The interference pattern was gone. And they were scratching their heads going, what the heck is going on? When we put a device, an observer, on this experiment, the outcome changes. So what, what happened was that one guy got smart and says, let's, let's, let's unplug the observer and see what happens. They unplugged it and still it came out with two slits. They take the observer away, interference pattern comes in. The interference pattern has many, many layers to it. God says all things are possible with God. It's we who confine God to something less than all the possibilities. So, wow. Jesus says this. So somebody grab your Bibles, open it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Get your device out there. Get your, get your Bible out. If lightning doesn't strike, you're okay. Chapter 6, verse 22. Everybody say chapter 6, verse 22. Oh, man, that was terrible. Okay. Okay. Now uh, somebody's got it. Somebody read it out nice and loud, please. Stop. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't that it was bad. That's just where I wanted to stop. The eye is the light of the body. They use the word lamp. It's, it's, uh, it's like the momentary light that if, if I was walking around here and I needed, it was dark in here and I needed to see, I'd, I use something we would call a lamp. And uh, it could light my path for the moment. It's not like uh, an all-encompassing light. We used to have the eye is the light of the body. We used to have something called uh, a lamp that we would light when the power went off at home, kerosene. So the kerosene lamp had a wick and you had to trim it and you had to fiddle with it to get it to the right place so it, it shone the maximum amount of light. But if you've ever done it incorrectly, uh, smoke comes out. It's just crazy amount of smoke. Beep, 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 beep. Smoke alarm goes off and, you know, you got the pans and you're waving. You guys have never done that to your smoke alarms? Oh, yeah, yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you open the oven door and the cookies are on fire. Never at our house. So, um, when the smoke gets on the glass, it becomes obscured. Oh, I don't like this thing. When the smoke gets on the glass, it becomes obscure. You, you don't see clearly. And because you don't see clearly, what the light that's coming through changes what you observe. Now, let's say the, the glass on the lamp has been scratched. 
put in storage, the kids are playing with it, or something has been scratched. It changes the direction of the light. It makes the light different. There is a thing in science where you take a, a prism and we shine regular light through it and it separates into the electromagnetic spectrum, the rainbow colors, got it? It changes the light and it separates it. A single individual point of that light is not the entirety of the light, it is a aspect of the light. So we've got purples and we've got infrared, and we've got greens and blues. You put it all together and it becomes bright white light. You take a piece of it and it's only an aspect of it. When we, God says all things are possible with him and we have our piece of it, you're absolutely right. He can do with you what you have observed. But you have collapsed the observation from all things are possible into what you've observed. Where is he going with this? If your eye is good, the word good in the Greek is whole, healthy, single. There's more to the word single later because the verses right after, uh, it would be uh, 24 and 25, talk about you can't serve two masters. You can't be looking at two different masters. If your eye is good, your bo whole body will be filled with light like the bright shining of a lamp. If you're screwed up because of anger, because of resentment, because of rage, because of hurt, because of trauma, because of something. The lens you see through is screwed up. So now, if, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. What you're seeing is trauma, and I should, be, uh, I should be so responding the way I am. That's collapsed all the possibilities down to one. Jesus says, all things are possible with the Father. He says, now he says this huge statement, if your eye is good, healthy, single, then the light that's within you will be bright shining like a light. Now, are you with me? How many know you, you've experienced this, that somehow fear has entered your mind because of something somebody says or something you read or, or uh, something that's happening in the world? And all of a sudden, you saw things different. It, it messed you up. And you started seeing things through that messy lens. And your responses were dictated by what came out of your, out of your heart because of the information coming in through that messy lens. Okay, it doesn't apply to anybody here in this church. So let's, let's, let's move on. Yes, we've all done it. When, when COVID happened, something changed in the world. We've experienced something on the spiritual level that you have never experienced before. There was a worldwide principality released called fear. That opened... Oh boy, there's, there's the Spirit of God moving. Um... Something was released in the world, a worldwide principality that caused 
an opening for fear. It doesn't matter which modality of uh, health you chose, fear was the motivating factor. Next thing to come after fear on a worldwide scale was offense. Everyone was offended at everybody about every little thing they did and they voiced it. Now it seems that offense is the driver. Offense is the scratch and the lens. Offense is, is that thing that has distorted how you see. And we are getting sucked into it. We get, it, we get sucked into it because it's our reality. It is true, yes. You have something to fear. Yes, you have something to be offended about. Yes. But Jesus said, a little bit later on, Marina's on, in Matthew, if you're reading on, he says, he says, uh, don't be deceived. He says his kingdom is a kingdom of peace and of joy. Check yourself at the door. If you're, fu- if you're running in fear or joylessness or anger or rage, or whatever, the list goes on and on and on, you're not in peace. You're not seeing the way he sees. Jesus said uh, just after the Last Supper, correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, prince, the God of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. There's no fear. There's no offense. There's no rage. There's no anger. He has nothing in Jesus. When Jesus was, uh, just to illustrate this, Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat and the disciples were going, you better wake the dude up, man. He's sleeping. He doesn't even care that we're perishing. I guess it wasn't that, that like that. It was, Jesus, wake up. We're perishing. Don't you care? <laughs> they went to God. <laughs> they talked to God and they said, God, don't you care? And he gets up. And instead of responding like we would respond, he says, ye of little faith. Then he says to the, to the waves and the wind, peace, be still. Out of the resources of who he was and how the kingdom worked, he spoke those resources and he said, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves obeyed. Ah. That's so cool. He says, come as little children or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's very, very simple. He's talking about, he's talking about how you see. If you see through the eyes of love, that's the way the Father sees. If you see through the eyes of joy and peace, what you see is going to be the way his kingdom works. Jesus started out, um, his whole ministry was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It doesn't mean it's far off, or it will be coming. It's here. You go into the pantry when you're making food, and you say, ah, what have we got on hand? I've got to make supper tonight. Well, some nights you say, we're, we're having fridge. And some nights you go, well, well, we got some leftover pasta, and, and we got some, we've got some green beans, stale dated, but they're on hand. They're right there. They're just not in your hand, they're at hand. So if we look at that, that 
He says the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. So the rest of the time, and then later on he says the kingdom of God is at hand in, in those, that are, they're, oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this right. There are people pressing into it. The violent take it by force and they're, they're pressing into it. Where am I going with this? Let's see. Gehazi, do you remember the story of Elisha and Gehazi? Everybody go like this. It's a Sunday school story. Um, So the Syrian army is all around Elisha, and uh, Gehazi is the servant. Gehazi goes out and looks, and there's the whole army around, and they're about to be destroyed, so he sees through the eyes of fear, and Elisha's sitting back, chilling. He says, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what I see. Let him see through your eyes. Let him see through the eyes of the kingdom. And he goes out and he says, I see chariots of fire all around. And that's what Elisha was sitting in. That he had, he was sitting in the kingdom reality, the spiritual reality, the realm of God, that there's more for us than there are against us. His eyes were opened. And everything changed. Okay, so now if you're sitting in a place where your eyes, like the lamp, have got smoke, they're obscured by uh, lies, deceits, injuries, and you're not seeing clearly, there's a warning. Marina, verse 23. He wasn't frivolous when he was speaking. Jesus didn't say anything off the cuff like I do. (laughs) He says, this is a kingdom reality. If your eye is bad, if it is divided, if it is unhealthy, if you're looking through injuries, woundings, the light within you will be darkness. How great that darkness will be. The problem is that we think it's our normal, natural to exist in, move in, keep on living in darkness. At the fall in the garden. So we're in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Somebody pull out a Bible, quick, sword drill. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It's on your phone. You left your phone. Alexa, pull it up. Anybody got it? Go ahead. Okay, just stop there. Thanks, Bruce. The first, second word he said, third word, when the woman saw, she perceived, she understood differently than the father had said. The father said that, that don't eat from this tree. 
you, because if you do, the day you do, you surely die. God was saying something that was so important that he, I don't think any place else in the Bible says, you know, you do this, you're going to surely die. Um, not like that. She saw because Satan had talked to her and said, well, look at it. Look at what you're not getting. He's holding back on you. He lied to you. He didn't say, surely, that you're going to die. But your eyes will be opened. You'll know good from bad. Satan lied to her, and she saw through. It, it's not an apple. It's the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does that look like? I don't know. But she saw that fruit through a lie. Now she had been walking with God. There had never been a lie in the garden before. There had never been a scratch on the lens. There had never been damage done to the way she saw. A single lie with the first two people. Uh, it, it's a story, but it's also a history of what happened in the spirit realm. With the first two people caused all of mankind to fall into a different reality. you're all nodding your heads, you kind of understand. The way you see, the way you perceive becomes your reality. If you perceive through the eyes of anger, then it will cause uh, an outworking in your body to be ready to fight or fear to ready to run. There's, there's a biological response that happens, fight or flight. There's also a mental construct that happens, so it continues to grow. Um, now, if your eye is bad, and you see things through a bad eye, the light within you will be darkness. I'm going to, uh, actually I don't have my Bible up here with me. I need someone, nice, loud, strong voice, read from... Matthew 23, 16. And then I'll, I'll go on um, from there. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring it together. Um, he says, Woe to you Pharisees, blind guides. Six times. Now, the Pharisees were the religious people of the day. They were the leaders. They were the, um, the law of the land. For the moment, they could judge and they could mete out punishment. They were the ruling class. Jesus said six times, Woe to you Pharisees, blind guides. Then he says something like this. Um, if you follow a blind man, you're going to both, you're blind and you follow a blind man, you're both going to fall into a ditch. The problem was that the Pharisees thought they were entirely right. They had the law. The law says this. So this is the way it must be. The problem is, the lens they were looking through, all the way back from the garden, had fear, shame, control, involved in the obscuring of that lens. 
they were totally screwed up. If Jesus says to you, blind guide, woe to you, you better take note of that. And when he says it, he's, uh, he can say it like I'm saying it in, in a, a disdainful way. It might have been said like, woe, you know, woe to you Pharisees because oh, you're so messed up. And you search the world over for a proselyte and when you find one, you make him twice the son of hell as you are. Woe to you blind guides and Pharisees, you, you tithe on mint and rue and cumin, but you leave out, leave out the weightier matters of mercy and justice. Woe to you blind guides. I don't have the other ones memorized, but it's it, Matthew. We're still in Matthew. That's where I've been stuck for the last year or so. Um, he calls the religious leaders of the day. Woe to you blind guides. They had a perspective, a view, based in fear, based on fearing God, based on he's an angry God, he's a mad God, he's, he's ready to punish you. But I have it on good authority that God is in a good mood. <laughs> he's always in a good mood. And the mood is always that he loves you. God is love. God is light. In him there is no darkness. Now, this is hitting home because you guys, and I, I, I know it. We all have. We've all been places that we've been stuck for years because of a way we see, a way we understand, a way that we have perceived a lie or something that's not clear. So a man came down uh, to a church and he set up some screens in the church. And he put something in those screens and he asked some people in the church to uh, say there's uh, curtains here but there's a slit and curtains here but there's a slit and curtains here and there's a slit. And he said, I want some people to volunteer. Come on up and, and uh, reach in and tell me what this is. Well, one man reached in, and it's a rope. It's, it's, it's a rope. Okay. Another man reached in. We'll get some ladies in there, too. Another man reached in and went, oh, it's a wall. It's a wall. Well, yeah, that's right, too. Another, a woman came and reached in and goes, no, it's a snake. It's huge. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last guy puts his hand in, and he reaches in, and he, and he feels, he goes, no, it's a tree trunk. It's a tree trunk. And they're absolutely, and they start fighting amongst each other. No, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. This is what it is. Yes, singly, they are right. Yes, singly, with their one view, what they have perceived is their reality. The man takes the screens away, and there's an elephant. Singly, they were right, but they were wrong. Altogether, they were right. Altogether, when they put the picture together, they were right. It is an elephant. It is, not, it is not a rope. It is not a trunk. It is not a wall. It is not any of those things that you perceived. We get sucked in as a church that we perceive things singly. And we think our perception is the only perception. And therein we are wrong. 
we have the mind of Christ. We do. All of us together have the mind of Christ. You add, you add, you add, you add. Your perspective is valuable. It is necessary. It is welcomed. It is accepted. It may be immature. That's a good place to start because you're on the road to maturity. Jesus says if the light within you, if your eye is the lamp of the body, the way you see will dictate how you respond. Are you responding in love? Are you responding in fear? Are you responding in anger? Offense? How do you respond? You're going to be, in the next few minutes, just turning maybe groups of four, and you're going to be praying because this is hitting some of you. The, the thing that Jesus says is, this is me speaking, we, have the, we believe we have the right to be offended. There is something that has come over the world. We have the right to be offended, and I'm going to tell you I am offended and I, because it is a good and righteous thing, and my perspective is right, and yet you're not looking at the elephant in the room. Last time I spoke, I said, this, the way things are in the church is going to completely change. I came in this morning and, and <laughs> okay, that's completely different, but I'm okay with change. When you're okay with change, it's going to happen very quickly and it's going to be upsetting. But it's, that's okay. How the church looked, not this church, but Christianity, how the church looked 2,000 years ago and how it moved through all the different ages to now, it's been totally different. Usually about every 20 years. Everything changes. Embrace the change. Something's going to happen, but I would also encourage you the last time I talked I talked about compassion compassion is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes to understand their perspective so when you forgive you forgive from the heart their offense compassion God is compassionate gracious and compassionate God is compassionate when you move in compassion you're moving in God when you're starting to understand, when you strive to reach out to see somebody else's perspective, even though it's not yours, even though you, you are a trunk person and the other person is a stump person, and you want to see their perspective, and all of a sudden, the picture comes together. And all of a sudden, you have the heart of the Father. It's a whole picture. Now, we, we talked about um, how a prism takes the light and splits it into different bandwidths of the electromagnetic spectrum. Oh boy, we're thinking again, that hurts. Um, that God wants that, instead of looking through a prism to separate everything, the reverse, we bring everything in, so in one stream. The heart of the Father. God is light. In him there is no darkness. We start moving in the heart of the Father, the ways of the Father, the vision of the Father. 
And you know what? You're all going to be stretched because this is hitting you. Now you know it. You're, like Jesus says, there is no excuse. How have you been looking at things? So this is, you're going to be separating into little groups fairly quickly here. The question is, Jesus, how have I been seeing things? How have I, how has my lens been obscured? How has it been damaged that I see things this way? You know what's really crazy? Uh, I pray for people, hundreds and hundreds of people, and each time they ask that question, Jesus, what do you want to heal in me now? The weirdest answers come up, but it is the root to the problem. And it is so amazing that two minutes with God, seeing things the way He sees them, changes everything. Freedom comes. The kingdom of God comes. Usually there's a release of joy and, and stored trauma and tension. And uh, in some cases, it's demonic interference. Some of that, that's all release. Yay, God. <laughs> He's so good. Okay, I'm going to pull this together as this. Jesus said near the end of Matthew, uh, I think it's 23 or 24, he says, be not deceived. To think that you cannot be deceived is deception itself. So you have to be on guard. Somebody will say something. It sounds like the truth. I, my little red flag goes up and it's not quite the truth, but it's mostly the truth. And you will receive it. And because you've received it, what happens is a lie of deception comes in and it becomes... I wrote this down this morning. A deceptive word received becomes a seed, put my glasses on, of corruption. You're going to see the words corruption. You're going to see, you guys that you're into your Bible all the time, how you see seeds, corruption, Jesus coming to restore all things. Jaden read this morning just the gospel of the salvation of man. Awesome. We talk about that. This is a little deeper. We're talking a little bit deeper. How you see dictates um, what you see. I think uh, Jesse talked uh, a, a quick story about uh, one day on the subway, Kids were running around back and forth, and the old man sitting there was getting so upset at the father that was sitting over there. And why don't you keep control of your kids? And they're loud, and it's making me offended. The man just let, let his head down. The kids kept running. The man over here got more and more. Oh. Finally, the father speaks up and he says, my wife just died in the hospital. <sighs> 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 
everything changed. When you see through the eyes of the one who is wounded, you cease to be offended. This is a little deeper. This is where the rubber meets the road. Have you been offended? Have you been under the influence of a lie or a perception that causes corruption? I would like you now, grab with somebody, like maybe groups of four. Take the next five minutes, 10 minutes. Pray with each other. And ask Jesus, Jesus, is there anything in me which causes me to see the way you don't? Is there any darkness in me that you want to get rid of right now? You got, you got some time, go right now, and then I'm going to call you back. I'm going to say a few words. If the Spirit of God is moving in you, you keep on praying. We're going to go move into a time of worship. Just bask in that presence. I am, I'm just going to close this off with simple. Do you remember the story of the jawbreaker? We just went through a few things and you went through that with God. You're peeling back a layer and you're seeing a different color come through. If you keep at it, because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way to see. I am the way to the Father. I am the way. When you keep your eye on Jesus, those things that you have been experiencing will be perceived through a different lens. I want to encourage you to keep on with the people uh, that you're forming friendships, bonds with, family with, ties with, to at, at times check in with them, pray with them. The Spirit moves in us. Everything changes. The story of the jawbreaker was layer upon layer. You get down, you worked at it. It just didn't sit in your mouth and cause pain. You worked at it until you got to a treasure within it. And that treasure is that you would see like he sees. When you start to see everyone like he sees, love comes out. Everything changes and love comes out. Matthew chapter 6. Go back home. Read it. Chew on it. Find the treasure in it. Amen. Amen.